campus. This is my friend Todd, and we want to welcome you all to the Youth Leaders Oasis. We're so glad that you're here. Today we are kicking things off with an artist talk back with Red. So if you guys can come gather around, come down front. We've got these beautiful, we, we've got these chairs here in honor of you guys. Um, so had an ordered special in. Uh, <laughs> so we're so glad you guys are here. And uh, there is a, if you didn't get it, there's a schedule to the right of the microwave with, with uh, other stuff that's going on this week. So take a picture of that schedule so that you know uh, what's going on here at the Youth Leaders Oasis. And uh, Todd and I and our friend Aaron Holt, we are, uh, we're hosting the Youth Leaders Oasis this year. Um, and uh, so we're excited to uh, hang out with you all. So guys, we want to keep you long, so we're just going to jump into this thing. Todd, go ahead. Take that first question. So my guess is most people here know you guys, but always fun just to kind of introduce yourselves and give a quick update. What's been going on? What's new? How are you guys doing? There it is. There it is. I'm not sure everybody knows who Red is. Does, everybody, does anybody know who Red is? Yeah. Okay. All right. All right. Uh, <laughs> we've been around for 17 years now, and, and uh, we're still finding people that don't know who we are, so. But it's a big world. Uh, my name is Randy, I'm the bass player. I'm Michael, I'm the lead singer. I'm Anthony, I'm the guitar player. All right, and any uh, any fun updates? I mean, we've we've put out seven records. We're work, currently working on our eighth one right now. Um, we're independent, too, as well. This past record uh, declaration we put out ourselves, um, so it's just, a lot of bands don't make it to that that part where they're no longer relying on a label. Right. So we have basically we're like we have our own label and we're kind of doing our own thing and um, and then uh, we put out declaration. Actually, happened when COVID hit. Declaration came out like in April, <laughs> and uh, so that was interesting. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and so now we're currently working on our eighth one right now. We're actually on tour right now, um, and um, so we're excited to be here at Creation. We finish this tour uh, July 14th, and then we go to the studio for the next two months, pretty solid. And then uh, we had a tour scheduled to go to Europe for five weeks, right after uh, it would have been April of 2020, right when the album came out. And uh, that tour got rescheduled five times, as you can imagine. So the fifth reschedule is scheduled for this October. So we'll hit the studio after this, and then we go to Europe for five weeks, and that'll be the rest of the year for us. Awesome, awesome. So you mentioned, you did mention creation. Would just love for you to share like your favorite creation memory. <laughs> we started coming to creation in 1991. I was 89. Was it 89, 90? I was the flood. Okay. The flood of 89. So my favorite memory, the one that was embedded the most, was when DC Talk came in a helicopter to the main stage for their for their set. Um, I think they were playing Batman, right? It was like Batman or... It was like the Batman theme or something. I can't remember. But... Um, so, yeah, after that, it was always... We called him that. We called him that, yeah. Yeah. Whoa. We were just... Uh, we emulated DC Talk when we were in high school. We were in a DC Talk cover tribute band, I guess. You call. We called ourselves DC Talk, too. And a lot of people don't know that about us, but... Uh, we grew up coming to this festival, and they were our favorite band. And uh, we always wanted to come in with headline creation. And uh, 
tonight we get the opportunity to do that, and now we're, we could be more excited. Creations a, was a, played a pivotal role in our youth and uh, in our relationship with Christ, and uh, it's uh, it's awesome that it's still going strong. Yeah, that's that's fantastic. Hey, what time what time do you guys go on tonight? I mean, uh, well, it's the first day, so we're scheduled for eight fifteen, which means we'll go on at nine fifteen. <laughs> All right, we just want to make sure everyone is there and ready to see you guys. Um, well, you guys, you guys kind of alluded to this a little bit, but uh, you know, with COVID and the pandemic and everything, like, what, what's been your biggest challenge the last couple of years? Uh, I, mean, I mean, having to reschedule tours. That's, that's that's. I mean, that's just kind of happens because you know it's a pandemic. You know, um, we we were you know it was frustrating to have the shows get canceled and canceled and canceled and and uh, um, we just took the opportunity to get creative as much as we could. Um, we, uh, we finished an album. It's already, already been, I guess, finished as an acoustic record we've always wanted to do. Like Mike said, we went independent, and uh, now um, we can just release music at will. So we, uh, we decided to do that, and then um, started working on our eighth record. We built a studio at my house. Um, did stuff like that, just to kind of stay, stay in it. Um, there was an 18-month period where we were on Winter Jam at the time when the, the uh, tour got canceled. We were, yeah, we were in Louisville, Kentucky, and uh, we pulled into the show that day. Trailer trailer door opens, and uh, they start loading gear. And the tour manager says, "Hey, yeah, <laughs> says hey, stop working. We'll update you in 15 minutes." So then we found out that the governor had called and shut it down. And uh, I think the NBA had canceled their season that day. And so we got in the bus and started heading back to Nashville. The tour manager ran out and was like, hey, are you guys going to be in Chicago tomorrow? We're like, yeah, we'll see you there. And uh, we knew that there was no way that was going to happen. So on the way home, we get that call. Tomorrow's canceled. And about 24 hours later, the entire, the entire rest of the tour was canceled. like 12 or 13 shows left. And uh, we had no clue that we were going to be off the road for 18 months. So it was, it was a long, long time. Um, it's like the whole next year is canceled, like, yeah. right? That was the longest time that we've ever been off for 18 months. Like, yeah. you know, we were wow. constantly touring and, I mean, ever since 2006. Yeah. And so 18 months was a like a sabbatical <laughs> for us. <laughs> and, uh, you know, there was a period of time where when they said two weeks to slow the spread, and we're like, okay, so we're going we're gonna to get back at it. No problem. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. So, and... You know, and our record came out, and so we're, uh, we're, we were excited to like tour it, and, and so this is the first record that we, we never even really got to tour or play oh, many man. of the songs. Oh, so. that's cool. But uh, nice. and now we're working on our eighth one, so it's yeah. like it's just kind of weird. <laughs> um, and I guess there was a certain point where we we're like, um, you know, we we had a lot of friends that were in the industry, and they were losing their jobs, or you know, they were moving on to other things. So you know, there was a period where we questioned, we're like, are we going to be able to, you know, continue on? Yeah. And thankfully, our record did really well. Like a lot of people were streaming music when <laughs> they're at home. Our whole business is, is, you know, crowds, audiences. You know, we didn't know if it was ever gonna. Yeah. We're gonna be shows of people six feet apart for the rest of our career. We're not doing it again. Like. Yeah. Gonna, right. Yeah. It's about connecting. Yeah, it was weird. Connect doing this. You right. Know, so. Yeah. Well, of the three of you, who went the most stir crazy or had the worst cabin fever during that time? I got. Pretty, I, got pretty, <laughs> I got pretty bad. I actually got into a little bit of state of depression about it because I was I was concerned that we weren't gonna be able to tour anymore. And uh, I've got, you know, good friends that uh, like Kevin from Disciple. I would call and talk to him like, dude, like, is this going to happen or what? Like, um, I was just going through a tough period and not knowing what was next. Um, but uh, 
the, our, our conversation was cool because you know we we uh, we kind of lifted each other up or whatever and, and uh, you know he's like hey just pay attention to what God wants you to do right now what he's trying to teach you right now like what why is this happening we don't know but you know use it and uh, I think what I discovered was it was amazing to be home with my kids and my wife and see what my wife has gone through for the last 14 years while I've been gone and I turned into super dad and uh, got to be with my kids every day and I like just like you guys did and um, just we missed we missed out on so much yeah. we've missed out on so much just just on this tour I missed my daughter's 13th birthday my son's entire baseball season uh, just you know big stuff and uh, it's you know it's all it's all a sacrifice for the for the Lord and and um, you know it's not it's not as easy and as cushy as everybody thinks it is it's 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 a commitment and it's it's an obedience and and uh, it's what we do so um, it was cool to be home. That's for sure. I think that lifted me out of it, and I'm sure I can speak for these guys in the same thing. Yeah, that's interesting. So, like fans, right? Like I think that's the tension we feel is that we love seeing you, love seeing you out on the road, but there's that attention of knowing. Yes, yeah. So, for what it's worth, thanks for all those years of of touring. Um, so speaking of uh, kind of touring and performing. Uh, do you guys have a kind of a favorite um, or f- like funny, crazy moment that has happened while you've been on stage? That's the Michael's got a permanent scar on the top of his head, right there. Our first, the first time we ever played in California, it was in 2006, and uh, we do these tricks with our guitars, and, had, and the, guitar, the tops of our guitars are, are pretty, pretty sharp. When Michael was in the wrong place at the wrong time, and the guitar hit him on the top of the head, split his head wide open, blood was gushing out like mad, and uh, we rushed him to the hospital, sat in the waiting room for three hours, got the staples for his head, came back, and the story goes that we finished the show. And uh, so we just stuck with that. We're like, yeah, we came back and we finished the show. We did play a show the next day. <laughs> yeah. But about uh, I don't know, three weeks later, we actually did remove the staples. Um, while we're on the road, so yeah, you did on on stage. That was oh. part of the, that was part of the show. <laughs> there's been there's been there's been pretty pretty uh, a good amount of funny stuff happened the last 17 years. <laughs> One of my favorite stories is uh, the first time we played uh, Moscow in Russia, and um, it was this place called Milk, which was kind of weird, but um, the um, the barricade was very, very like simplistic, apparently. And I jumped out into the uh, audience. And I've been doing it the whole tour. This was like the last day of the tour. <laughs> and this is throughout Europe. So this is our first time in Russia. And so I jump into the audience and kind of crowd surf out. And they immediately like just go insane. Like they, like probably a thousand people jumped toward the stage at the same time. They smashed the barricade over. I just was like totally enveloped my ears. That that go ear monitors that were in my ears, completely pulled out. Um, I couldn't even find like one of them. They were smashed on the floor, and the barricade fell over. People were like stuck underneath the stage, and all of a sudden, all these Secret Service-looking guys came out with like full suits, black suits, came out of nowhere, and were like, "Get back, get back!" <laughs> you know, in their own language, you know, <laughs> pushing the barricade. It was like the upper Russian gene pool, like six foot eight gigantic Russian dudes come walking out with your pieces in and, and, and it was unbelievable. We're like, where did these guys come from? It was wild. So yeah, that was that was kind of crazy. Especially um you know, we'd been through a uh, 
this was our first European tour as well, and we'd been throughout Europe. And when we got to Russia and like Ukraine and Minsk uh, or Belarus, those different areas, like we felt like we were like Justin Bieber or something. They were meeting us at the airport and giving us gifts and stuff. It was just very passionate people. Yeah, not letting us know. Like they just knew where we were at all times. It was crazy. It's all the stuff that's been, you know, the war and everything over there. That has some personal. Uh, yeah, for you guys, I we were actually yeah. supposed to go like that European tour that we pushed back five times. We were supposed to go to Russia That's and Ukraine, and, and so we had to cancel that for sure. <laughs> we canceled those. So, <laughs> yeah. The sad thing is, is that we've had Russian fans that are we've uh, we have Russian fans, obviously, and Ukrainian fans, and we don't, you know, we're getting you know lots of messages from our Ukrainian audience that are saying, "Please don't ever play in Russia again," you know, kind of thing, and then our Russian audience is saying. What you're seeing on TV isn't what's really happening. Please don't forget about us. Please come play. We need you. Yada yada yada. So, it's it's a tough place to be because oh. some of it's pretty believable. You know what's you know we've obviously all seen in the last few years how ridiculous the media is, and um, it's it's tough because we've we forged some really amazing relationships with some of our fans over there, and and uh, they're just amazing people. They're just they're just like us. They're just they they love they love music. They're just they just want to have a great life and we just what we see is or what's portrayed is that they're all cold you know and that's I mean they are like one <laughs> yeah yeah really <laughs> yeah. cold they speak in reverse that's the joke about people say but um but uh but they they know our language well and probably better than some of us do and and um they know exactly what they want to say and how they want to say it and they're so thankful when you're there it's and it's, you know, we're a band, so we're getting a little bit of different, I'm sure, obviously, approach to, you know, how we're treated versus a, a common person, I guess. I don't know. It sounds weird to say that, but um, there, we're famous. We're famous to them, so it's, you know, it's a little bit different of a, you know, the red carpet, so to speak. But, but um, I don't know. We've had moments where we're just in places where that no one knows who we are. We're just walking around doing things, and we're just noticing families taking pictures of their kids and people with smiles on their faces and just... It's a really cool culture, so it's it's sad to see what's happening because politics is 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 crap. You know, it's, it's it's crap here, it's crap there. It's it's it divides people, so it's tough to know what's going to happen. Well, it's yeah. really cool that you guys are making an impact on people's lives. In, you know, not just in this country but other countries. That, I, that's awesome. I, I love to hear that, man. That's, that's yeah. So on this cool. on this European tour, where this the very end of the tour, um, instead of it being in Russia, it's going to be in Istanbul, uh, Turkey. So that'll be our first show that we've ever played in Istanbul, which would be what? interesting. Or Turkey. That's amazing. So, yeah, we've 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 played in Brazil. We've um, you know, we want to. We'd love to like go play in like Tokyo and different places. We have fans like all over the, all over the con or all over the world. We yeah. have places oh. like um, like Qatar, like even in Iran. Oh. You'd be surprised. Wow. Like some of the fans. <laughs> North Korea, yeah, uh, probably not. No, that might be the last red tour. Uh. Yeah, across the line. You'll never hear from us again. What What all countries are you guys going to in Europe? Uh, we're going like Sweden, Finland, UK. We have like three shows in UK. Yeah. Um, Germany, Netherlands, Sweet, um, Switzerland. Uh, we're doing Italy, Turkey, of course. Um, I think there's a few other ones too that are just not come into my mind right now but oh, that's cool yeah quite a few that's awesome man that's we, so we need to be praying for these guys right praying that god will use them on that tour uh, yeah especially travel mercies because <sighs> yeah. 
Yeah. You, traveling between countries, you just never know what's going to happen. So. When, when does that kick off? Uh, oh, okay. Yeah, it's, it's October. Okay. All right. All right. So we need to remember to pray for you guys. Yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. Man, this is so cool. Um, so a couple more questions. Like what, what advice? So we got some youth leaders here. Uh, and you guys, you're interacting with people all over the place, all over the world. What advice or wisdom would you guys share with, with people who are working with students these days? I mean, a lot has changed in the last two or three years. Uh, and, you know, Todd and I have noticed in youth ministry, it's lots really different now. I don't know, what, from what you guys have seen, like what, what wisdom would you offer to us uh, as people that work with students? I'd say the role that youth leaders play is, is pivotal. Um, like I said, we grew up coming to this festival. Our introduction to Christian music and Christian bands was through our youth leader. And uh, my, I have a 16-year-old son, and uh, I'm fully aware of how difficult it is with high school and youth culture and the things that they're being fed every day on TikTok and, and Instagram and all the things that they're seeing. The entire world is open to them on their phone. And, and uh, we just didn't have that back in the 90s. You know, we had, we had our friends, and we had our festivals and we had Sunday youth group and uh, there were 70 of us and we were, it was, the, it was the best time ever. Um, but uh, it's, a, it's an extremely difficult job. It really is. I mean, it's like being a parent for 50 kids at a time and you're listening to their, their, their hopes and their dreams and their worries and their sorrows. And they're bringing a lot of heavy stuff into, you know, they're looking for help. Um, I would just encourage you guys to stick with it. I, I'm sure it's hard. Uh, we, you know, we get fans sharing a lot of things with us that they were suicidal, and uh, and uh, we've, I mean, you name it, we've heard it. Um, and it's been cool to see our music have an impact on somebody from, from taking their own life, uh, and they just want to hug you and say thank you. And you know, we never try to take credit for that. That's not that's not something that we're doing. That's you know, God's always used our music and our presences to uh, you know to have that kind of inspiration on our fans um, and anybody that comes in, we come into contact with. But, um, you know, we're certainly not perfect. Uh, we're, we're not to be held up on some kind of pedestal. Um, but I, I just encourage you guys to stick with it. We know how difficult it is. Uh, I've got three kids, and uh, my daughter just turned 13, so that's exciting. Um, and well, she's on the bus with us. She's here today. And it's pretty cool. Like I said, we grew up coming here, and I've always wanted to show my kids, you know, this is what we used to do. And so we're going to walk up to the top of the mountain and just kind of show them the, the grounds and stuff. And then my, my 11-year-old is with us too, um, but my 16-year-old's at home. But um, just stick with it, man. You guys are so important. Um, maybe when you don't feel like you are or you're not, you're not getting through to somebody, I think you are. I have some, uh, some, some good some good advice, especially with, like you were saying, in the past couple of years, a lot has changed. I think a lot of it is, oh, thank you, that's empty. Um, a lot of it is about identity. Like, it seems like in the past couple of years, it's just identity is, like, the number one, like, they, people want to find a place where they belong. And so I've had this talk with my 13-year-old, my oldest is 13, about, like, different things. And, um, you know, he's wondering, like, where does he fit? in this world and um, you know he's trying to find out like what his identity is so I'm really trying to instill in him like you are a child of God you were created in his image and so that's um, that's something I think we just need to be aware of too and working with my youth pastor you know I've told him about my concerns and things like that that I've 
um, you know, just to keep an eye out with my kids and stuff. And, um, you know, I think having that open dialogue, that open communication with uh, the parents too as well um, so that, because, you know, I know you guys can't bear all that burden for every single child. It's almost impossible to, you know, know every single thing about all your all the kids that come to your youth group. And so it really is the responsibility of the parents to help raise and rear the, the children. But you guys are just a part of that, a piece of that, to really encourage them to uh, stay on the path of, uh, um, of being a Christ follower. And you know, Because once they get out of the household, you know, statistics say that yeah. they, they tend not to go to church. So they, they kind of lose that importance. So I think that's really been like me and my wife's focus is to really just dive into who they are as um, individuals and really instill in them uh, an identity uh, in Christ. I was just going to say, it's, it's a, it, what's amazing to me, and I think all of us, is that uh, when we were 14, 15 years old, there was, no, there was no access. Now there's just access to everything, and these kids are exposed to so much. And there's just the, 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 the identity thing that Mike mentions is interesting because I think a lot of kids are looking for that because they see so much now that we didn't see. Like Randy said, we, 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 we roamed in small circles. We had small circles of friends, 10, 15 guys. Facebook wasn't a thing. None of this stuff existed. So, you know, you didn't hear about every single thing that goes on in the world. And now, now it's literally at your fingertips. You know, we're carrying it around with us every single day. So these kids are just so exposed in a way that we never were. So it's, you know, it's, it's, it's I guess we're, we should be charged with the, you know, the, um, we have to find a way to, to reach these kids and, and, and get the noise, you know, out of their face. And it's tough because there's a lot of noise. There just wasn't as much noise when we were kids, man. So it's, it's, uh, it's, it's a difficult thing to be a youth leader because <laughs> it's, I mean, it's, it speaks, you know, what I just said, it just, it speaks for itself. There's just a lot you're dealing with, a lot. And these kids are dealing with that and, and so much more. And, probably stuff that we don't even know that probably they don't want us to know obviously because there's some crazy stuff out there but the, yeah I, I just think it's the it's the level of transparency that that's out that exists that I don't believe that all kids want to have but they're so exposed and anybody can find anybody and and I think that's why there's a lot of problems out there for kids nowadays that there didn't exist when we, I mean I mean what was the di most difficult thing we had to deal with you know like it's yeah <laughs> it's just you know Yeah, yeah, sneaking out of the house and stuff like that. Now it's yeah, yeah. So you know, school shootings and mass shootings and all the stuff that's going on out there. It's just, I mean, I feel like I feel like every single time we open our phones up, there's something crazy is happening, and it's and that stuff was probably happening when we were kids, but none of us knew about it. So it's there was that's almost like that ignorance is bliss kind of thing, and and it's just sad that. We see everything. We know everything. We, you know, and it's all right there at your fingertips. So it's it's a scary thing, you know, especially because their their minds are not developed in a way that you know the older folks are. So it's uh, it's it's what they're seeing. I, I feel like it's affecting their brain in a way that it just it's it's for us, you know, um, having kids and stuff. We're all terrified of our kids. You know, it's like we're teaching them how to use guns. We're teaching them how to use knives. It's like what's you know a lot of the friends that we have, you know, trying to help them be responsible to protect themselves, and it's scary. You know, these kids are having mass shooter drills in their schools. We had tornado drills. You know what I mean? It's 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 insane. It's it's really insane, and it's scary, and it's. Uh, but uh, I guess, man, the one thing I'll say is that although it is a scary thing, I, faith is is all we have.
It's all we have. And if, if, if we can stay faithful and just know that no matter what happens, you know, what will be will be, and, and it's going to be okay. So, yeah, yeah, so there's just, it's about spreading that hope for sure, and I think these kids need it more than ever. Yeah, thank you so much. I mean, that's, that's like the whole the beauty of, of these talkbacks, and I just can't thank you enough for doing that. We, wanna, we just want to pray for you real quick. We know you have to go, um, but real quick, kind of maybe a lightning round. How else, besides praying for you and praying for the European tour, how can youth leaders support you guys? I mean, I can't tell you how many times you have spoken into students that I was pastoring you know, and, and you've supported us. Like, I felt like, I feel like you have supported us as youth pastors. How can we return that favor and support you guys? Make them listen to our music. <laughs> and I'm saying that, it's kind of funny, but make them listen to our music. Let them read the lyrics. Let them understand what these scary looking dudes up here. We get a lot of flack for our shows. We get a lot of flack for, you know, how scary the red guys are because their music's really heavy and it's got a, there's a lot of darkness to what we sing about but it's so the red is short for redemption it's you know it's finding a way you deep you dive deep down into the you know to the bowels to come back out you know a changed human being and to, to you know to work on yourself and and it's it's i believe that if kids actually took the time you know they're they're bobbing their heads and having a good time but if a lot of the, the kids that do take the time to listen to our lyrics and listen to what we have to say they're 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 going to find three guys that are that have dealt with a lot too, and and they're going to be able to relate. And I think that that's what they're looking for. They're looking for a relationship. They're looking for something to relate to, something that matters to them. And that's why these kids are coming to our shows, and telling us about you know, man, I was literally a death's door. Two days ago, I wanted to kill myself, and they've laid bullets on our table. They've laid knives on our table, razor blades. Like it's just it's insane. It's insane what these kids like. We would have never done. I've seen something like that when we were kids. And now they're coming to us, and it's a, it feels it's such a heavy burden and responsibility we feel like we have. So it's we, we we're just real, you know. There's you know every everything all these bands that you're gonna see this this next four days have their place. You know we're all you know we always like to say hands and feet. You know we we all have a job. Red's kind of the, the dirty fingernails. You know we scratch and claw our way through life, and it's and it's a lot of these kids are like that, and they need someone to relate to. And I think that. If they do that and you guys, you know, push them in those directions, they're gonna, they're gonna see and they're gonna, they're gonna learn. They're gonna find something that you can't teach them. You know, it's like I feel, feel like we have a job too, and I feel like sometimes we're gonna reach those kids the way you can't, but and, and vice versa, you're gonna reach them the way we can't. So we're all really important, and we all are a team, even though we don't know any of you. <laughs> it's like, you know, it's just like they're being flooded with the culture, the, you know, the the the. Uh, Instagram and TikTok, and I mean, I don't even know all the names of all of them now. Um, you know, I always encourage my kids, you know, to to uh, you know, devices are very are, are very locked down for the most part, but sooner or later they're they're going to have access. So, teaching them how to be responsible and make the right decisions and do the right thing, um, you know, I'm, I'm sure we can all relate. We get off we got off to college, you know, we all made our mistakes. We we all did stuff that we shouldn't have done with our, our parents taught us not to do, but we just had to try it. We had to see what it felt like. We had to all those things. Um, it's inevitable that the kids they're going to do that, but teaching them how where where they can where they can put their hope and where they can put their faith, flood them with this culture, that uh, this this other culture, this culture that's going to give them hope and faith and and uh, a different kind of recognition. Um, if they if if it's being given to them by all all this instant you know all this media, it can also be given to them by the church and by you know youth pastors and their friends, and uh, sooner or later, they're going to come back.
That's awesome. Well, let's just, we, I know you guys have to go. Let's just pray real quick and then we'll, we'll get you out of here. God, we just thank you again for uh, just moments like this. Uh, God, when we get to um, kind of pull back all the other things and, and hear the heart of, of artists that we just we love and we listen to and support. And God, I just ask tonight that you would just bless them. God, let them um, speak to hearts of students who are here and, and hurting. God, let them know that they have a, a wave of youth pastors who are supporting them and cheering them on. And God, we just ask that the, the next tour and the things that are coming up, God, you would just have your hand on and bless them, uh, bless these men and their families. And we ask all of this in your son's name. Amen.